90s I was in a very famous TV show Untitled Bojack Bojack Horseman Project This is the intro Welcome back to Ruthie, uh, sorry, Untitled Bojack Horseman Project. This is the Bojack Horseman Podcast. This is episode six, wherein we will be dealing with the first half of season six. They dropped it in two parts, so we're covering it in two parts. That Ruthie flub was a joke about how Princess Carolyn names the child. Anyway. The worst worst thing we could possibly do is change the title of the podcast six episodes in to the name Ruthie. It's Ruthie, episode one. Or is it, do we keep the numbering, but just change the taxonomy? Yeah, we do, uh, we do classic Marvel renumbering, where like, right. re-numbering, but it retains the old number. Legacy number like, number six. We don't want to lose that giant number we got to. It sounds sexy, but also <laughs> Ruthie number one will sell more copies. Uh, that's Ben. Ben loves to talk about comic history and new number ones, but he's not going to do that. He's going to talk to me about Bojack Horseman. Ben, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, better than you, it seems like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had COVID. I would not recommend it. Yeah, way worse than when I had it before. And uh, I I don't know if I sound strange. Probably not, but I would have done the last few days but yeah if... yeah you, you don't you don't sound too bad now okay um the worst thing that i've done recently was in the last week i watched the love guru and fantastic four 2015 <laughs> which one's worse oh god it's fantastic um... four right there's got to have been like three times you laughed at the love guru no i didn't laugh at all at the love guru. not not even once in 90 minutes two hours wow okay <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I also watched it after watching all three Austin Powers movies. Oh so yeah, like that first real, one, pretty good. That first one, pretty fucking great. And then <laughs> each one is like diminishing returns, where it's just like, yeah. oh, there's like three joke structures in these movies. When and, you're young, and, you're like, oh yeah, two's better than one. And then you get older, and you're like, no, one is like genuinely clever in many yeah. ways. <laughs> one is where all the good jokes start, and then two is like they've beaten up a little bit. The only thing that's good about two is Vern Troyer is like genuinely up for like so much shenanigans. That mm. is kind of fun, but it's also got Fat Bastard, who may be yeah. I mean, Goldmember is funnier than Fat Bastard, mm. and I would rather there be two Goldmember movies than there was one Fat and one Fat Bastard movie. Isn't there a controversy where like? Or is it like a UK versus US thing where something with one of the henchmen, like maybe the guy that gets flattened, or maybe so the guy the, that... the first movie in the UK, yeah. all of the deleted scenes are in the theatrical cut. Right. And so there are like entire sequences in the UK version that UK people are like, yeah, this is like one of the best sequences in yeah. the powers. That Americans are like, what do you mean? That's like not in the movie. So yeah. like the, the henchman's wife... Uh-huh. Like gets the phone call saying that he's died. He's not in the American movie. Neither is the Roblo at Hooters um, <laughs> sequence. Like I- iconic moments of that movie. Yeah. To people. And oh. Wow. This is our Mike Myers retrospective podcast. Uh, No, we simply must talk about the the horse and the awful things he does. Yeah, so they dropped it in two parts. I don't quite know why. To milk it? (laughs) I assume part of milking it. I don't know. I mean, it's weird, because obviously, like, it feels like they're getting into bed with um, the production company Tornanti, Mm -hmm. who, in 2019, I think, is when Tucker and Bertie... Mm-hmm. Is also on the air, which is obviously the the show that uh, Lisa Hanolt makes, in, like 
and is like the creative uh, lead on and all the rest of it. And then I think that Tuolante unionize like at some point after like in between season one of Tuca and in this and very conspicuously like it all ends and like Netflix have done nothing with that production company uh, no. since that point. I'm not saying that Netflix are like busting on anim- animation unions, but like it's kind of like suspect <laughs> timing for that to happen and no work with a studio who gave you like one of your biggest earliest kind of like talking point shows yeah and that's why two crumbers season two and three are on yes other are on places yes they're on yes. adult swim i believe yeah well there you go but yes release in two parts they did part one dropped october 25th 2019 and uh yeah eight episodes in part one and then uh they dropped part two in january the final eight episodes which we will talk about next week uh, but for today, we are talking about that first half, and I don't know, is it unfair to rate a first half of a season versus the other seasons? Like, they they chose to do it this way. Like, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, we're not actually making a ranking here, so it doesn't matter, but just sort of, like, my broad thoughts are and similar to last week, and they've gone even further with it, where they have put their foot more on the gas of the larger story at the expense of quality individual episodes. So yes. while I dig what they did here, narrative-wise, it is real rough pickings. Uh, you know, that classic phrase, rough pickings, in terms of like, oh, what's your favourite episode? Like, I have one here, but if you chose the same one, I really don't know what we're going to talk about for the second one. But yeah, just... You know, we talked about it a lot last week, so we're maybe just treading on the same ground, but it, it, it feels like giving in to what Netflix, you know, the, the, the trappings of Netflix and the binge the giant story, never stop watching aspect. Yeah, I mean, what you think about like how we were in season four and we were like, there are like five episodes that we could pick as our favourite yeah. one. They're all standalone, but also they feed into the larger story. Whereas this one is like, it has become like an ensemble drama with some funny stuff Yeah, at this point. And, like, I think there are kind of, like, two episodes here where I could, like, not to not to tread on, like, what's going to happen later when I have to, like, recite <laughs> the episodes. There's only two that, in my mind, I could go, like, oh, yeah, this is the one where, like, this happens mm-hmm. at the moment. I'm sure having to delay recording because of my COVID won't have hurt <laughs> your ability to recall what happens, will it? But then, um, then I, I, I remember having like stronger memories of this season when the second half airs so it is this like complicated thing where like i think this is the worst season of the show since season one yeah yeah for me like if we were ranking either below or only slightly above season one in terms of like and it feels fucked up to say because they've done some really lovely elegant things with where it's all going but like, if I'm talking about a collection of however many episodes, it you know it, it's falling short of these other ones. Like definitely has, below um, two, three, four, and five. Yeah, has the split season thing ever worked? In much the same way as like, mm. has the split movie thing ever actually worked? <laughs> Where like, I think there is always, whenever it happens, like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, like all of these shows which do a split final season there's one half which is like just uniformly better than the other one and are we talking about like breaking bad like the second half of that yeah the second half of breaking bad is like absolutely tremendous and the first half is kind of it's good but it does feel like half of a season of television in a lot of ways Mm. and they do build up to a 
finale of sorts, but it's definitely a, a sense of like treading water, I guess, before you get to like the actual climax of everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been way too long since I saw Breaking Bad, but I mean, obviously, like Ozymandias is near the end, and 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 yeah, all those big episodes. Yeah, I. There's probably been something, but it does. You know, we're very much in a time right now where like dead reckoning part one will likely not have a dead reckoning part two it will have a new name of movie it seems like they're trying to do something with these avengers movies where they're they're a little bit i i don't know maybe they're going the other way where it seems like they're trying to just pull all of the secret war stuff into the kang stuff like the same writer and director is now going to do both potentially but yeah the the part twoification it, it it feels like it is a symptom of the, you know, the content era and the binge era and the, like, how much can we get you to watch of the same it, thing. It's something that Netflix do a lot with their animated shows as well, sure. I feel. Like, a lot of them do the, like, we'll drop six episodes in, in April and then six months later we'll do another six, but that's technically part of the same season. But yeah. That's also part of, like, union busting yeah. and, like, not paying contracts where it's like, oh, we've ordered one season of a show but mm. actually we're going to air that one season over two years yeah. as like 12 well, episodes. Well like Voltron did this where like they, they dropped this strong 13 episode season and then like every other season of that show is like I, I think there might even be a five episode season of that and they're like five six seven that kind of thing and they, they drop more regularly and it's like you don't want to say part one because you don't want to put people off, but really this is season two, part one and two, not season two and season three. And then, like, very recently Invincible, like, has pissed off a lot of people because they did four episodes after a, like, two and a half year gap, and then they're like, we're, we're part two will be dropping in January. And, like, you know, those of us who are rational and logical and compassionate, cool, fine, I will watch it when there is more, but some people are very much losing their shit about it. You know, animation's hard, and when you're a big hit show, but that doesn't feel like why they did this, because they were consistently hitting that clip, and maybe, I don't know, the stress of doing Tuka and Bertie as well, and, and, and some of that. It, it, we've talked about how, like, Bojack is, like, outlasting the other original feel-good Netflix originals, and, like, they've started to catch some heat at this point, and I think they know this is their last... One of their last, like, big unequivocal cash cows, unequivocal critical darlings. We've got to get more out of this than just 12 episodes on the same day done. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about, like, what the original... I mean, I, I'm probably speaking out my ass here, but, like, the, fir- the three Netflix shows I feel that were kind of, like, the ones that feel emblematic of the streaming service are BoJack... Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Mm-hmm. And House of Cards <laughs> implodes spectacularly because the lead actor is is who the lead actor is. Um, oh. The final season of that show has does not have your lead actor and is like a six episode weird kind of like zombie television show. And Orange is the New Black kind of explodes all its goodwill at the end of season four with a, a season I really love, but I feel like turned massively most people off the show is four where like puso dies and stuff yes yeah so i was out when that happened like not because of that it was just kind of it felt oppressively unpleasant and i was like i don't know if i want to keep watching this show 
and then they kind of then do like three kind of experimental seasons but it feels like the kind of like the bloom is very much off the rose with Orange mm. is the New Black at that point and we have the new crop of Netflix shows where like The Crown is obviously the one that Netflix is like we need to win an, an Emmy with with one of these shows and this will be it like but like those kind of like the 2013 2014 shows for netflix where it's like here are like our first batch of shows where it's like oh we now got this see so house of cards hemlock grove orange is the new black lily hammer marco polo bojack like it, they, it's really hmm. those are the three orange bojack and house of cards that like ran for multiple seasons and yeah. and you have you have something like the early marvel stuff like daredevil jessica jones yay yay and then it just starts to like trickle down and 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 people are oh never mind by the end of that for whatever reason they chose to do it this way and it is very much getting their ducks in the row in a row for how they want to end the show and in many ways it feels like they could have just if not for that final episode they kind of could have ended it with yeah. uh with the face of depression episode episode seven like everyone kind of gets their journey and ends in a vaguely good place and then of course it will all come crashing down well for some of them you know mostly for bojack and we will talk about that before we go any further though like you know we've talked about our feelings on how the show is i don't know how we're going to cover this part for as it's a split season but do we want to talk about the annies now or save it for i assume the episodes from both volumes sort of fall into the Annies that we would be talking about next. I, so they were presented January 25th, 2020. So the same day, the, the second half of the season dropped, isn't that? Or like uh, the day? January 31st was... Okay, so like like literally a week beforehand. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. So in 2020, for this season, uh, BoJack is actually nominated for three Annie Awards. It is nominated for Outstanding Achievement for Writing in a Television Show, uh, where it loses to, ironically, Tuca and Bertie. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I don't have the name of the episode that it was nominated against. Uh, but really, the big one here is it was nominated for Best General Audience Animated Television Show Broadcast mm-hmm. against Big Mouth, Harley Quinn, Tuca and Bertie, and Undone, and it wins. That's wild that Harley Quinn existed in 2019. I know, I know it did, because like, they're on there like fifth and sixth seasons at this point but it feels like Bojack was firmly done before Harley Quinn arrived on the scene but there's that whole thing where like it was on HBO Max like a while before it came to the UK right yeah or or, like both seasons I remember watching it in the middle of COVID and obviously they're nominated for an awards that is COVID is around but it's definitely not like what Mm. we think it is but just to say like that is Bojack Tuca and Bertie and Undone, which is the rotoscoping animated show that Raphael Bob Waxberg and Kate Purdy did for Amazon. Oh, okay. So even that is Tornanti as well. So like three of the the nominees are all from the same animation company. Good time who... to unionize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's just it is like quite funny that like for a second there they were like the hottest name in in television <laughs> animation, and I I think Undone was renewed for a second season no yeah it did like the second season came out in 2022 but no one talked about it as far as i can tell which is a shame because i really liked that first season and and yeah and two converting was great for that first season so like good for them like really good showing there finally winning the kind of the big annie award as well in the penultimate season but I wonder if that is kind of one of those you're you're coasting off of the strength of previous seasons more than the the actual merits of the the season that's on right now. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's just this is how these things go. By the time it's actually getting its recognition, it's not as good of a show. <laughs> Even though I like the second half, and I mean, I guess I guess I just want to ask now: Do you think they could have done this in twelve episodes? Yeah, because I mean, there's you you can cherry pick your moments out of these episodes, but like in terms of the quality of the episodes, it isn't necessarily there. And I wonder if that's the product of trying to stretch it out. And if trying, if if focusing on a tight twelve led to better stuff, like maybe, but but then I also I understand wonder... it's like a long story too. Like Bojack is in rehab for six months, and and you know, but he, he was at the Sugarman place for a year and a half. He was, it? and they they pulled that off for sure. Yeah, I think they could have. I just, I mean, I do wonder, like, if if they do it, if they don't do it as a split season with more episodes, mm. do you lose a quick one while he's away? That feels like the first thing that's going to Yeah, happen. I mean, and that's a cute thing that exists, but it's not like it's a banger of an episode. Unless it's your pick, which <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it is. I don't know. My instinct is yes. Like, if they've been writing 12 episode seasons up to now, they would have just started writing this as a 12 episode season and then been told to do it in two parts is my feeling i guess that's kind of like the the issue we've got is the finished product we have in front of us is structured around like a break halfway through which kind of reveals new information that will kind of like take yeah and like a complete a complete change of scenery like setting like almost two seasons but not quite which is which is why we're covering it this way, I think. Like rather than just going fuck it, we're doing both parts in one episode. But then, like very much, that last episode is kind of. Uh, I mean, we we've said they've been doing this so far. Like they love to bring in a character who will be important next season in the final episodes of the season before. Um, like we, you know, we meet Paige Sinclair and, and Maximilian Banks and Maud in these last couple of episodes, and they're like going to be all over the final few. And speaking of which, yeah, like, it's not big on adding a lot to the cast. Like, the biggest characters would be um, Dr. Champ, uh, played by Sam Richardson, who is, is Bojack's, you know, therapist in rehab. Keith Stanfield as Guy, who is Diane's new boyfriend. Julia oh. Chan replaces Hong Chao as Pickles, so Pickles has already been here, but we've got a new actor. Hilary Swank as Joey Pogo. You know, like Todd's stepfather, Jaime, uh, Camille playing Jorge Chavez. And then, as I said, you know, you've got those characters debuting at the end. But I think we'll talk about them next time, really. Although, if we end up talking about uh, that last episode, then two of them are quite important. But uh, And then, like, for cameos, like, you know, they get Cindy Crawford as Cindy Crawfish. And Stephen Root as Jeremiah White Whale. Yeah, they're still having fun with kind of the casting and pulling some more names, but like they're it, it, not... it's smaller though, for sure. Yeah, they're like... not building episodes around these characters. Like Joey Pogo feels like the kind of character who like an entire episode would have been based around mm-hmm. like two seasons ago and instead I think Joey Pogo kind of... is fucking lame, but never mind. <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of there. Yeah. As like, I mean, I, I almost too late Justin Bieber. Yeah, stuff, I and guess. you got Hillary Swank to do it. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah, just just smaller like cameos and and you know, Doctor Champ has a shelf life, and you know, Joey Pogo's here and there. Todd's stepfather, I you know, isn't around for good kind of thing. Pickles was already here. Like, yeah, it's just smaller, but I think I think. I think it's it the nature like- of the larger story is the cast feel very disparate, even though they're all talking to each other again. When before we had them split up 
and in their own little pockets, it feels harder to get to all five of them in the same episode now than it did before, which but is they strange. Tr- but they try... More. Oh, they're really wedded to it. They will try every episode, and like it leads to, like, Todd does one thing in an episode kind of thing, and... and uh, Mr. Peanut Butter barely does things sometimes, and yeah, yeah it's it's strange in that way because yeah. you know we split them up last time. Like Mr. Peanut Butter was off running for governor, and and Todd was doing his stuff, and you know they were separated out, but it was easier to like get to them all, and like sometimes they just didn't put them in some of the episodes, and it was good actually. But or like you would have characters that could be multifaceted, where like. If you're not doing a Princess Carolyn episode, she's going to be different in a BoJack episode versus a Diane episode versus a Mr. Peanut Butter episode. Like, she she services different needs, whereas it feels like any time we stop into one of the characters, they have to be progressing their plotline rather than just facilitating whatever the story of the ongoing episode is. Yeah, they they just feel like they're... They're on autopilot almost. Some of them. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, I think I think Diane is probably the most emblematic of this. Where it's like, if you go to stop by Chicago and see Diane, then you know that Lakeith Stanfield as guy is going to be there. Yeah. And it's like you do not need to have both of them or Chicago in this episode. Like, is Diane in every episode apart from eight in this one? I think like that's the thing. Is like. Every They'll do stuff rehab. like, uh, you know, the first episode, Bo- it's like all Bojack because he's in rehab, but then he calls all of them on the phone kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. you know, you get a joke out of it, but it's it's, it's just less good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the unfortunate truth there. Yeah, and I mean, I, I remember really liking the second half of the season, so mm. I, I mean, maybe this is, I, this is the one that feels like it, it it is hurt by the way that we've watched the show. A bit, a bit, for sure. And but, maybe this is one that would work better if we watched it like actually longer or like or a weekly thing or whatever. But, like episode to episode kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But you know, we don't have uh, sixty episodes of, of podcast in us anymore. So no. here we are. So in terms of like what everybody is up to this season, uh so in this half season arc. So Bojack spends six months in rehab, he accidentally gets his doctor drunk and has to take care of him a bit, and he becomes another of his, like, people he's wronged. When he goes home, he attends AA meetings, he's making amends with people, and he ends up getting a job uh, teaching drama at Wesleyan right near the end. So, you know, we we spent five seasons being like, Bojack needs to fucking fix himself. And it seems he's kind of done it, but they are withholding that one final bad thing he did, which will destroy all of this. But for a, yeah, when I say like it almost feels like the show could have ended, it's like when we sit and we think, what do we want Bojack to do? It's like go to rehab, get clean, take accountability, go to AA, be an adult, talk to people. Like, he has his breakthroughs. He he does say nice things to all these people. Like, he encourages Diane to go to Chicago. He's nice to Princess Carolyn. Like, he even gives Mr. Peanut Butter his crossover episode. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, it, for me, it's like part one is, like, the happy ending. <laughs> and part two is the, like, no, fuck Bojack almost. <laughs> and we'll find out how true that is next time. But, like, I, I kind of liked all of this for Bojack. And and I think a complicated part of the show is, are you supposed to like Bojack or just sort of, like, you know, 
enjoy the performance. I and... mean, I think that's kind of the the hidden thing at the heart of this is like this show is aware that it is riffing in the same realm as like the antihero shows of Mad Men, The Sopranos, like all those like titans of of dramatic television, and mm. all of those end in this way where like ultimately end of the day like either the the antihero dies in like a in like a way that kind of like gives lets you know that they're probably still good in some way at the very end like they make sacrifices to kind of like make the world right or they survive and actually get kind of like one final win before yeah. before the show kind of goes away like like don draper writing the i want to give the world a coke advert as as that show ends yeah. and then this one does that where like this finale is the like he's fixed his life he's still he's still famous but he's mm-hmm. like got his shit in order and all the rest of it and the smart thing that the writers do is they go that's bullshit we actually need to hold him accountable like other people need to hold him accountable not just he's set it right in his own head and is like on the mend he needs to actually have some kind of like recompense well this is the thing it's like that they know they have one more thing in the chamber and like you and i know what that is but if you are watching all this stuff cold you think you know everything he's done like we we think we know the worst thing he's done and maybe we do maybe what is to be revealed is worse than the things he's done but still there is one more big thing one big, very "you're going to prison" type thing, yeah. Uh, and they choose to chamber that bullet, and it, and that's what makes this. I think it makes it interesting as a two-part look. Is as things are presented, I think he's done his work, and he's he is earning his his right to like you know like it, there's no there's no magic thing he does, and it's like now you're a good person, well done, congratulations. Being a good person is a journey. Like you, there's always more to learn, and 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 always new problems and challenges and everything. But in terms of like this person is too far gone and is simply for the scrap heap of life. Like I don't agree. He has hit that point, and I think he has embraced accountability. And and but then the problem is we do know he is. <laughs> he knows there's one more thing and he's not telling anyone and like therapy and rehab and everything only work if you are completely honest with them and he's obviously not been because dr champ will say like oh i've heard all of your stories and he clearly hasn't because (laughs) there is one more do you do that cute thing where he said yeah you even told me about your dream with the dining room uh which is the like uh you know the big episode near the end but yeah it it, i it, I struggle because he obviously does these awful things, but then I'm also like, well, what do you want him to do? At some level, I don't know. It's a, it's an impeccably well plotted show that loses its handle on the kind of the the episode by episode mm. narrative by the end. Like, I don't think either of us have any quibbles with like what with what the character arcs and the actual events that take place mm. is more the 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 how, like the the content of the episodes. That's kind yeah. of like, it just feels yeah. like you're either spending too much time with it or like you kind of wish it was just delivered in a, in a slightly different way. But like, this does feel like this is what you wanted Bojack to do all along. As you said, like this, this feels like the end to the show that we've been building up to is Bojack has finally realized his, his weaknesses and all the rest of it. And he's making amends. And therefore we're going to end the show in a good note where it's like, he's going to progress his life. He's no longer going to be an alcoholic. He's no longer going to be resentful of his family. He's no longer going to be filling the hole in his like soul with with alcohol and with yeah. with like flings and stuff like that he will he might be better he will fill it with like good friendships and and actually speak to people about his his problems yeah like we see him like in rehab he's become like 
he is astute enough to be able to diagnose his fellow patients and stuff like that and his his therapist will ultimately end up being like kind of shitty in the end and like will become alcoholic himself and like almost reveal that everything he's preaching is a lie and everything but like Bojack has almost become the master like versus the teacher of the therapist um and and but then yeah there is there is there is more to it yeah, uh, Princess Carolyn, obviously, we, we saw her adopt the, the baby at the end of last season, and, and her big thing here is she is struggling to juggle uh, that motherhood um, with her career, but with some support from uh, Todd and Judah, and um, and surprisingly, Vanessa Gecko, her longtime rival, uh, she's able to to make it work, uh, and she, she ends up hiring Judah back as chief of operations at Vim after she had like unceremoniously fired him last season and and like that like Todd's biggest thing like he has his his one episode adventure but his his like season long arc is really just becoming Ruthie's nanny kind of thing so he feels really really on the sidelines to me um, yeah no 100% like Todd Todd has been on the sidelines ever since he broke up with Bojack really yeah. And it all depends on how well they can integrate him into into other plot lines. And Todd this season, like what, his biggest thing in the entire season is to facilitate the subplot for Princess Carolyn more yeah. than anything. Like everything he does is to basically either give Princess Carolyn time to do her job or the, the, the fuck up he has where he gets the, the assistance to unionize. Yeah. And like their stories are either are or can be contained to single episodes and the rest is just spinning in place. Like, these are not arcs. These are not journeys. It's like, we get a whole episode about Princess Carolyn's struggles and by the end of it, she has kind of found her place with it. And like, yes, Todd becoming the nanny and Judah coming back help that, but she's had her breakthrough in her episode and Todd, you know, he has his big... Like, we know nothing about Todd's past, really. And we get a big episode where we learn some stuff about it, but then he's just kind of like, "Yeah, I'm the nanny now," and meh. Uh, and they will set, they will tease him with the you know, another girlfriend at the end kind of thing. But yeah, it's just I feel they ran out of ideas for Todd. Diane gets more of an emotional story as she, you know, she's a sort of filming stuff on the road. She's begun a relationship with her cameraman, and then they end up in Chicago. Uh, the company they work for is bought out by a giant conglomerate, and uh, she ultimately does decide to move to Chicago with him and start writing a book of essays. And she, on her doctor's advice, starts taking antidepressants, which we learn she used to take a long time ago, but she didn't like that they sort of made her not want to write anymore. And she also, more importantly, for her like character journey that will continue into next season, they made her gain weight. And that is a reality of, of what medication can do for people. And I do actually applaud them for having Diane just be heavier at the end of the show. Like, like it's not... Especially in animation, characters don't really change their look. Especially where, like, weight is concerned. Like, weight is almost a, a non-entity in animation. Like, fat people exist for jokes in animation. Or, yeah. like, people get really muscular, but it's, like the concept of weight gain and loss is not really a thing in animation. Yeah, um, either you'll have, like, the, the kind of Looney Tunes-esque characters who, like, can change their body type by, mm, like, blowing mm, on their thumb, mm -hmm. and it's, it's like, a temporary thing for a gag, or... 
I mean, even even when I say like temporary thing, there's the the slightly less temporary but still very definitely temporary thing where like the character will, in the show will undergo a a massive transformation for an episode, sure, and very rarely will it be like an actual like like when Homer goes to four hundred pounds, yeah, 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 the rest yeah. of it is like a, a famous yeah. a famous version. Of but that. they're they're but, committed to uh, to Diane's haircut and and she becomes heavier towards the end of this half of the season and she. From memory, she remains heavy the whole of, of the final season, uh, the the final part. Or I should say heavier. Like, you know, it's not like Diane's, like, fucking huge or anything. But yeah, like, it, it's not a thing you see a lot. And I do applaud them for, for Diane's journey. Because, like, we've talked about, like, throughout all of this, Bojack is, like, you know, front and center with his issues. But, like, Diane has constantly dropped these bombs of, like, she feels shit all the time. And, like, they also play it for laughs where it turns out she's kind of a shitty friend and all that. But, like... She she does delve into it with the Chicago stuff of, like, her and Guy have an argument where, like, he accuses her of essentially being ideologically opposed to Joy. And you do see this with some, like, hardcore leftists where they feel every waking minute must go to the discourse and praxis and theory. And if people are starving or suffering somewhere, I cannot enjoy small luxuries kind of thing. It's like, you are a person, you do need to navigate life and, and not want to blow your fucking brains out so hey love yourself sometimes and yeah i do think her journey ends up nice and like that's the thing diane kind of pisses me off through some of the earlier seasons because she is so like almost hypocritical in like attacking bojack about you know you need to get better it's like you also need to get better and sometimes you can be a little bit you know like double standardsy but i think it ends in a nice place with her like from memory i i my memory of the non-Bojack stuff of the second half is is hazy at best, but, like, yeah, her moving here and her struggles with taking depressants and trying to write and having writer's block and, well, this guy still love me. And something as simple as, like, she won't stay in Chicago because she doesn't want to be defined by another relationship with a man. Like, he's the only good thing happening for her, and, like, that's just kind of another Mr. Peanut Butter situation. So, yeah, I really like her little half story <laughs> speaking of mr peanut butter his biggest thing is uh he he confesses to pickles that he cheated on her with diane and they reach this ridiculous agreement where she gets to sleep with someone else to make them even and they I... just between them have to try and figure out the right guy to <laughs> i guess it is technically ethical non-monogamy in that they are actually talking about it no no um... this is not a cuckolding situation this <laughs> I'm not yeah. getting off on this. Just, <laughs> like, I yeah. it's, it's weird. It's, I mean, obviously so much of it is just Mr. Peanut Butter's naivety and all mm. the rest of it, but like, <laughs> it's a genuinely actually weirdly interesting relationship dynamic for the yeah. show to explore. And I mean, yes, it is because Mr. Peanut Butter's an idiot and Pickles and Plenty has like zero read of other people, like mm-hmm. fundamentally, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very weird joke that they keep coming back to with diminishing returns, I feel, after the one episode. But I think, like, the yeah. the the first, like, one or two where she's just like, I just had amazing sex, but I didn't have an emotional connection to him. And part of the reason why this really hurts is because you and Diane have yeah. an emotional connection is, like, good. And then it just keeps on where she's like, I've now slept with, like... 32 eight. guys. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're counting the twins as two separate instead of four, it's like, I am. Um... <laughs> yeah and then she's like I, I wish i could cheat on you with you and then that will give him the idea of joey pogo who he feels is like human version of him yeah it's 
it's just very, like, when you set out to write the show, what could possibly have been the long-term plan for a Mr. Peanut Butter character who is, like, zero interiority whatsoever, like, no desire to change, um, happy, <laughs> seemingly, with that, like, what do you do with him? And it's like, watching this relationship that we know is, like, not going to end well, it's like, ah, I struggled to really care, like... I feel like his he was at his best when he had his adventure as the governor kind of thing, where he got another foil besides Bojack, but generally his function has been to just bother Bojack, and now Bojack is less bothered by well, him. Yeah, I mean, I think we said, like, whenever Mr. Peanut Butt has other stories, it's always kind of like bouncing between Diane or Todd or Bojack, mm. and removing Bojack to another location, removing Diane to another location, and not having any... Mr. Peanut Butter Todd storylines this season like no. there is no you kind of like you really are isolating him to just spend all his time with Pickles and yeah. speaking to Princess Carolyn which and just stuff like obviously everyone finds out he did this so everyone starts hating him and he doesn't take any action so I feel people want to like me so if I just give it time they will and then Princess Carolyn just solves his problem and makes him the face of depression it's just like great Another instance where it all just works out for Mr. Peanut Butter. And Again, it's like, you can it... do that character, but like surely at some point he has to get a comeuppance. And he never will. He is just like this forever. Like I, that's, that's the part of the character that bothers me. Is like, if you're going to have him be a kind of like... He's not as bad as... He doesn't do as bad things as Bojack, but he is super obnoxious and like is not open to change and fails upwards. And it's like, normally these characters are used as like pastiches and 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 to sort of like make a point and it's like there's no point to be made he will just continue to fail upwards forever and i i don't know maybe that is the point that people that fail upwards will never face their ramification but like i don't know it doesn't make him enjoyable for me to watch other than obviously they get a lot of like funny little jokes out of him but as a character over the course of six seasons um, i he just always on some level irks me because of that but hey guess part of that is I mean, well, part of the irksome is also, like, in a season where Mr. Peanut Butter comes the face of depression and <laughs> Diane is depressed, yeah. you would counteract those two storylines with each other, and yeah. they don't. And so, it, like, no. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, it feels like and like, they had an idea for a, a season-long arc with those two characters, but then they forgot that they'd, like, split them up. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an interesting one, one that I wish they kind of did spend more time on and kind of, like... Yeah. putting those two characters back together again but that and is then like marrying sure it so heavily to joey pogo as well who as yeah. you know we already talked about like yeah i don't know uh right so let us test this is probably the hardest this is going to be for ben because it has been almost two weeks at this point since you've seen these episodes but if you can give me a one sentence summary of what happens in each one and i will try to give you my favorite joke from each episode spoilers i really struggled this time <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, it's, it's a less, it's a less joke-heavy season, isn't it? Yeah, especially those last two. But right, a horse walks into a rehab. I mean, this is Bojack in rehab. He, I mean, he meets a girl, teaches her that like what how to leave, and then goes on like an adventure with her to like revisit all the people who she wronged or like was friends with and stuff like that. And it like what culminates in. Hit Bojack finding out that like the story of like her dad having a newborn baby isn't true, and in actual fact, this girl has given birth to a child, and dad's mm -hmm. actually super supportive. And then Bojack like 
takes the bottle of vodka off of her and he's like that's that's what he holds in his hands like the rest of the season is and also where like you get the very cool like post design and the opening credits design of the like the space and anytime they mm-hmm. show this bottle of vodka it's the it's the stars and like just a really cool animation choice actually that correct, one correct correct uh like i say my name is mario directed by Zack snyder i'm directed <laughs> i'm addicted to painkillers for breaking too many pills on my head very good the new client Princess Carolyn struggling to deal with having a newborn baby. The, the shoot and birthday dad has gone very badly, um, and eventually it turns into a TV pilot because Todd pitches it as a as a pilot. Or a t- he says he's got a great TV show, and Princess Carolyn uses that opportunity to take a forty minute cut of Birthday Dad because Mr. Pinkbird is an idiot mm-hmm. um, into a TV pilot that becomes the hot new TV show. Do you know and names, her, names her daughter Ruthie. She does. Do you know how I know it's a worse season? Is the Princess Carolyn episode is not a banger. Normally they are. It's got all the beats. It just isn't quite there. I re- I had written down, don't listen to her light socket, she's just jealous. But then they drop this ridiculous joke where Diane is interviewing a guy and, a f- and, and he says, she says, so your wife went missing in this wheat field. Oh, there she is. And she's <laughs> just 10 feet away. And I don't know, that's so dumb, I have to reward it. Episode 3 is called Feel Good Story. Um, This is the Diane episode with Guy, where they find out that they... What, they're making stories around the country, and then they decide to make one final story about White Whale, the conglomerate. And then in the middle of doing it, don't White Whale buy Girl Crush, but they carry on making it, and then find out that White Whale has like made it legal so that billionaires can murder people. <laughs> uh, you're very close. They they they're making the stories. They're told to make a feel good one, and, oh, yes, and then there's the there's... company is bought because they accidentally uncover a conspiracy about White Whale, and then because it's like before they realize we've still got our credentials and passwords and stuff, we could make one last story. And then yes, it turns out Congress just made it legal for rich people to murder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I really like the bit with the hum- the baby human. Um, there goes Wawa, the baby human, stumbling around like a furless, featherless dolt he is. <laughs> What's he got there? Don't drink that poison, you crazy human. And then, like, Guy being like, he's not a human. It's just, like, celebrating your history and your cult. It's, like, one of the few times they acknowledge that most people are not humans in this show. That was a good bit. Episode 4 is called Surprise. Uh, This is the episode where Mr. Peanut Butter tells Pickles that he cheated on her, but unfortunately he does it on the night that they are having a surprise party thrown for themselves to celebrate their marriage, and so like the first half of the episode is all of their friends like trying to hide from them whilst they're like bitching about them the entire time, Mm -hmm. and then the second half is the regular cast kind of like trying to avoid them whilst like having their own domestic squabbles. Yeah. Very close. It was actually supposed to be their surprise wedding. <laughs> oh, that is a wedding. I thought it was like... A... Yeah, no, Todd reveals that Mr. Peanutbutter finds the wedding planning so stressful he just wants to have a surprise wedding. Right, I um, thought it was... I thought like it was a, like an engagement party. No, 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 no. Another one where it's like, I've seen a version of this episode before and it was better than this, unfortunately. I really like... It was the worst mistake of my life and I once played Twister with Brian Singer at Kevin Spacey's party for Andy Dick's early parole. Um, loaded, given what had just happened with Kevin Spacey, I think. <laughs> Episode 5, A Little Uneven is All. This is back to Bojack with Rehab. Uh, so this is the one with Bojack 
he gets Dr. Champ drunk and is like being hanging around too long in therapy. So Dr. Champ is like trying to get rid of him. And we're also like flashing back to Horse and Around days where he accidentally facilitates Sarah Lynn getting alcohol and then blames it on the hairdresser because they've got the new showrunner who is, like, there to protect Bojack, really, yeah. at this point in the show. Phil Rosenthal. Very, very, very close. He is coincidentally being told to leave. He gets it in his head that they're making room for Joey Pogo, and then he accidentally gets uh, right. Dr. Champ drunk after that. But you, you had basically all of that there. Um... <laughs> Assistants are like Deadpool movies. I shouldn't. I couldn't stop at just one, even though I probably should have. Um, <laughs> Deadpool three, catch it next year. Uh, episode six is called "The Kidney Stays in the Picture." Todd's stepfather shows up and says that his mother needs a kidney, but Todd has coincidentally just sold his kidney mm-hmm. to, to White Whale. So mm-hmm. they go to Chicago to break into White Whale to steal the kidney back correct um okay cool correct i mean that there are you know there's some complications in there as well but yeah that is what happens um princess carolyn i'll say to you what i said to david levy when we were developing the adams family and were brainstorming ancillary characters like cousins and whatnot that's it (laughs) gorgeous gorgeous writing the face of depression at episode seven everyone's depressed uh i act like this one i mean i can remember the stuff with bojack where like bojack is like traveling around like he goes to mm-hmm. he goes to wesleyan to see mm-hmm. hollyhock he meets the rabbit at the airport and like gets her to sign up for todd's app yeah and he goes to the reenactment of or like no not the reenactment he goes to the um yeah it's like a, it's uh, like a old horse town kind yeah, of thing he goes to old, and that's what kind of like inspires him almost to like become a a, a college professor i feel like it, like there's loads of stuff that i'm like not like what they this is the episode with the the makeup crossover episode for Mr. Peanut Butter's mm-hmm. house and horsing around. And there's also the whole thing with the agents being on strike that leads to Judah becoming like the, one of the heads of Princess Carolyn's company. Yeah, that kind of happens. It bleeds between that one and the one before. I mean, that's like, yeah, like, yeah, like, I think. The, I mean, the, you're you're, unent- you're identifying the problem with the show or the yeah. season, really. Bojack is just flying from place to place. Like, he goes to visit Diane in Chicago. He goes to visit Hollyhock. He goes to Washington. I have no earthly idea why he goes to Washington, and I watched this one less than an hour ago. <laughs> but while he's there, that is when he has the stuff with Mr. Peanut Butter, and, and he goes to Horsetown and everything. Uh, and then finally, a quick one while he's away. Um, this is the one where we catch up with kind of like a lot of the show's supporting cast we haven't had time for. This is where we meet Maximilian Banks and Paige Sinclair, who are kind of like riffs on um, screwball comedies of the like 1940s. Like His Girl Friday is definitely like a huge influence yes. on on those two. They get leads that tell them about like a what's going on with Bojack. It, like they remember what the thing. Oh no, Sarah Lynn's mother calls the newspaper to say that there's something weird that went on with her death yeah. and then they start investigating all the things but they find out about penny and they start like kind of like following the trail of all yeah. these things they, um, they meet the drinking bird who he told the story to and he doesn't remember bojack's name but he does remember her name's penny, penny carson i don't even care go look her up and it's like why did he want us to look her up yeah. and then i'm trying what other like margot martindale opens the episode with the nun stuff which yep. is fun um hollyhock is 
infected out drinking at a New York party, which mm-hmm. is where she has like a panic attack, and also where she meets Pete Repeat. Um, uh, Gina, we, we catch up with Gina, yeah, uh, uh, who is who is like obviously still traumatized from her last role and is now being treated as like a problematic. I actress. know it's kind of horrible because it's like she's coming across as a diva when she's trying to protect herself, and it's almost like if you were fully honest about what happened this would seem less unreasonable than it's coming across. She doesn't want to tell anyone what happened. So, oh, Who's the voice of the director? It's someone like... like I actually think the director's like a really like, good performance. Um, oh, as, it's um, Matthew Reese. It's Matthew yeah. Reese. Yeah, I think they're like actually like really solid for that. Like, again, like going to a more dramatic actor who can like dip into this thing, and then you also get like I mean the real kicker of this one is like Kelsey is also trying to like make a new project. And... Kelsey just completes her arc as Patty Jenkins. Yes, uh, and <laughs> just... like Rutabaga wants her to direct a superhero movie, and then yeah. she she's like, oh, what do you think about this Gina as, like, coming on board? Oh, God, and, yeah. and the director, like, is like, yeah, she's good, she's good. And then eventually gets talked into, like, bad-mouthing her and talking her out of yeah. doing the project. Even recommends though, Courtney Portnoy instead. Yeah, um, even though I feel like Kelsey and Gina would actually make a really good project together. And, they would, they would. Like, more damning things about Hollywood, like, like the subtle thing, like, where it feels so true to, like, how this stuff happens, where, like... Yeah these people talk and if you're perceived as a troublemaker you're gonna lose out on jobs yeah. that you actually be suited for yeah. desperately scanned this episode for a joke and the closest thing i could like i mean you could say like basically all of page sinclair's dialogue but that feels like a cop-out but <laughs> they, I mean, am i gonna have to do one of page sinclair's like no, dialogue no they do a bit about how like they're looking for more female voices but kelsey isn't right for this one and it's whatever paul feig's doing and I thought, that's close to funny, I suppose. There you go. Those are the episodes. You did very well, despite not having watched them recently. I think having them, the titles actually help me in they terms do, of, yeah, like, they're, yeah. they're more they're more episodic than I give them credit for. I think it's, like, they do have, like, a strong backbone, but there's so much other stuff going on in each one where, like, you they can't have an episode without Bojack, really. Yeah, yeah, Bojack yeah. has to be in all of them, and is maybe that's the thing. That's disrupting the But we proved that he doesn't have to be because we did it last season and they were good episodes without him. But Yeah. But I think I think that's the one is like because he's in rehab and he's so far away, they have to have like a little bit with him. Mm. And like sometimes it's like they cut to like one little joke where it's like, Oh, I was like I made myself like a, a sack lunch and I put my name on it and like mm. Beverly thought it was for her and all the rest of it and Yeah, it's just nothing. It's just a big nothing. Right. So among those I, I take it from what you said at the beginning, you quite like a quick one while he's away. With I the... quite like I quite like a quick one while he's away. Mm-hmm. I I quite like surprise. Mm, okay. And I think I, that's the highest rated one of this season, and it just did not do it for me at all. Interesting. So if it's not surprise, it's not the new client, and it's not a quick one while he's away. I'm very intrigued which episode is the one that you're like. I like a horse walks into a rehab. But you kind of you kind of stepped all over a lot of what we talk about in it <laughs> when you described it. But I just thought it was elegant in what it set out to try and do with him in rehab and like his little adventure with Jameson and everything. I, it, you know, this is I feel less strongly about this than I do like every episode we've talked about in this segment before now. But it's the only like episode that really grabbed me because the others. There are things I can say like, hey, it is very effectual in how anxiety-inducing the new client is with the baby crying. 
but I still don't think it's a good episode yeah, or like a great the, the, episode. The, like the new clients got like the things. I kind of wish they were able to do the thing where like Princess Carolyn is like multiple people doing the repeated tasks over and over again, but they kind of stop that after like two or three. Mm. And it's not like recurring over the episode. Yeah. And again, and... it's kind of it's kind of a split Todd episode because they do the thing where like they flash back later on in the episode to tell you the the half of Todd's phone call that Princess Carolyn fell asleep during. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like surprise feels like a, a kind of worse version of the the one where like it, we know everyone's fighting and then we split off into separate couples kind of thing. And it also even feels a little bit like that Halloween party episode that I quite like, but I, I like it less than both of them. I think the, the, the fundamental thing is I don't like pickles, so, like, <laughs> if you're giving us a peanut butter and pickles front and set centre episode, I'm just not into it. And it's weird because she's in that Halloween one, and I like that one a lot, but it just feels very different to me. Okay. So you yeah. want to talk about horse walks into a rehab? Like what, I think what, I kind of do, yeah. I, I, I think... I think because this season is so bad with, like, self-contained stories, I think, like, Bojack in rehab kind of is a self-contained story. Um, Even if, like, that phone call scene is, like, really egregious for the problems with the season where it's like, yeah, you're talking to them on the phone and, yeah, you got this one big joke out of it, but, like, I don't know if I care about what the other characters are doing, or it almost feels like we should be saving their appearances or, or Bojack talking to them again um, for something it's else. A, it's a less effective version of the joke from the season three premiere. Yeah. Where, like, they're in LA, or they're in New York, and they're on the yeah. kind of, like, the conference call. Uh, but again, at that, at that point, the cast is still kind of, like, mostly together, whereas in this one, they are mm. very disparate, really. Yeah. I think, for me, a lot of the... Um, the strength is in like the journey of 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 Bojack's like history with alcohol throughout the episode, and like you know you already talked about how they stylize how he sees alcohol um, throughout the whole season. I think where it's like the bottle has that like space effect, and we will see through this like he first. I think the first chronological one is we flash back to him on set of uh, of horsing around. And Sharona, the, the hairdresser, slips, you know, she gives him orange juice and it's got vodka in it or whatever. And, and he's very like, oh, no, I don't. And, yeah, the implication being, you know, he he doesn't drink. And then, you know, this kind of starts him of, like, drinking on set and feeling more comfortable. And we'll, we'll keep going backwards and backwards. And you get, like, his awkward teen years where he gets a flavor for being a comedian because he gets drunk and starts roasting everybody. But then, like, really upsets a girl that, he seemingly liked and they'll go back even earlier than that where like he catches his father banging his secretary uh or whoever and like i love that (laughs) we know his father's a terrible writer and he walks in and he says there it is coax it out of my sheath and it's like of course the terrible writer is terrible at dirty talk (laughs) and then his dad like manipulates the situation back on him where he gives him a jack and coke which makes him be sick, and then he shames him for that, and he's like, oh, you probably shouldn't tell your mother about this kind of thing. And then the final scene being, he walks in on both of his parents, like, unconscious from alcohol, he takes a sip, and then he curls up with his mother. And I think coming off that really strong story with his complicated relationship with his mother, and then the eulogy for his mother, and then seeing that little, as I've said, little little Bojack in a sailor suit breaks my heart every time I see it. Um... 
Yeah, yeah I, I think that little through line of the episode is what got me to write it down with an underline under it. I do, th- no. I, I do think the stuff with Jameson is clever, like going to the father's house and there's all the memorabilia and they get plenty of little jokes out of that. And, you know, having the reveal be that it's her baby, not her father's new baby and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely not a banger. Like <laughs> I would go and I would go back and scoop up my third and fourth choices from other seasons if I was making a big episode list and I'd put them ahead of this. It's just, yeah, I thought that was really effective. Um, and it's a season where they're doing that kind of thing a lot. Like they are, they are revealing like how Sarah Lynn got addicted to alcohol and they are revealing what happened with various characters in their pasts kind of thing. So it, it just really stands out to me. I think the visuals, like you said, the, the like galaxy drink thing is really powerful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a season about addictions in a lot of ways and kind of like actually confronting the things that have always been there and yeah like as you said like the, the little bits like the little flashbacks are really really effective in this episode and i think Jack's always been really good at like layering in flashbacks that kind of like add context and i like the way that this episode kind of like highlights that bojack's relationship to alcohol is not the product of one event no yeah it, it's a it's a lifelong journey of negative associations with it and like he almost never stood a chance and i think it's actually really effective to deploy this stuff really late he never talks about any of this and like he may not even remember some of it like yeah like but we you get to when see you it. were four years old and took a <laughs> swig of alcohol because your parents were passed out from it like <laughs> no can you remember the first time someone poured you a poured you a drink because you were feeling kind of like nervy and stuff like yeah. that and and obviously like that implication is like obviously like anytime you see bojack like they've always had this in their back pocket where Bojack wasn't really a drinker before horsing around. No. Like it's always been there in the background and probably as part of like some character shoot from the very beginning. And then you get to like I mean, I think it's even in the Halloween episode, isn't it, where like the first season of the show, he's like, Oh no, I don't drink. Yeah. And then by the time you get to like the sequential Halloween parties, he's like massively boozing up and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, and and he's I think he's like never done an on scene on screen kiss and he, he has to kiss Cindy Crawfish. So he just wants to get a little buzz, and they do get that joke out of Herb as well, where he's like, what do I have to do? Kiss you on the lips myself to show you what a kiss looks like? Kind of thing. And and he will end up keeping this, like when he parts ways with Jameson, she will give him her, her, her smuggled booze, which he will keep as a reminder about Sarah Lynn. And then that is the bottle that ends up getting his, his therapist drunk. So I think I just quite like it as a, it, it sets the journey of this season on its way quite effectively and it ends up looping back quite effectively as well um yeah i'd, I'd agree it, it is a good episode it, it wouldn't be my pick and i do not know because mm. obviously as the eternal princess carolyn stan that i am mm-hmm. i there is good stuff in a new client but there is there is i, uh, I can't in good conscience submit it as my episode yeah and i want to really like a new client the new client like i want to run the board on the princess caroline episodes and be like yeah every fucking one of them is best or second best episode in the season but i just can't for this one and i don't know quite what it is but it just doesn't quite work as well as the other ones have yeah and that leads me to it's between surprise and a quick one will ease away and Part of me is like, I think the only reason I'm going to, I would say surprise is because it's the only episode of the season where all five characters are in the same geographic location. God, I suppose it is. <laughs> like, it is the only I, time. I, I respect what they're trying to do with a quick one. 
while he's away where it's like right we've had all of our big character episodes bojack's actions have touched more people than these five and you know the 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 various others let's mop up a few other people who whose careers and whose lives he's he's affected and like having hollyhock in this almost innocuous adventure in new york where she's got a problem with like she doesn't want to lose control because she was drugged and and, she, and and all of that stuff and then to have someone be nice to her but then even that is tainted because it's pete repeat who tells the story about bojack and like that that part is like really like <laughs> those those final moments where she's when the like, music is coming up and and she's yeah. so ignorant to it and and maybe she isn't but she just until he says the name yeah kind of thing I just think it, I think the Kelsey stuff is what drags that one down. Oh, really? Which is I... weird because no, like I love Kelsey as a character, and like I I love what they're doing here with her desperately trying to get out of director jail. I just feel the way they go about it ends up feeling a little bit wishy washy and makes the or unfocused, and it makes the episode feel a lot like like there should be a tight structure here where it's like right, we have three stories, and then Margot, I suppose. Almost four, with with where Gina is sort of like the one B of Kelsey's, but like I think it just kind of bounces around a bit, and in terms of like, and then Kelsey does this, and then Kelsey does that, and I really would love a a like really focused Kelsey episode for me. I mean, obviously it it, it probably didn't do that for you, but I mean maybe we're talking surprise instead. But no, I think I I think I think the only reason I'm saying surprise is because. It's where all five characters are, and we already spent time talking about like the the Mister Pin Butter and Pickles episode last season, and yeah. I do think it's not as good as as the the, the Halloween episode. I, I will I will say it's quite funny when they're all trying to redirect. They're trying to make them move to other rooms in the house by leaving comments, and then Todd is like, "When I feel bad, I have a nice bath." And then she goes into the bathroom, and he's in the bath, and it's like he just genuinely was trying to give her advice. Yeah, there's um, lots of good jokes. I really like the one about like Pierce to Peanut Butter doesn't remember what kind of boba tea that uh-huh. Pickles likes. So he makes both of them to uh-huh. be like, and then when he's like, when she's taking it, she's like, you know what? I kind of do wish I had the whipped cream. And goes like, well, you're in luck. I have, <laughs> I have made it, and then like they're under the bed. They're like, mm. like Mr. Peanut Butter speaks to, like the the thermostat because of course the thermostat would speak in a rich person's house. Um, yeah. like, it's. Lots of lots of good jokes. Um, again, and like obviously they get the same joke out of like insulting people who are there yeah. early on, where it's like Pickles is speaking about her two friends, and then they speak about Mister Peanut Butter's brother and his wife, mm-hmm. and then they speak about uh, Pickles' parents. And, yeah. and, I feel like we're kind of splitting the difference in half talking about both episodes, <laughs> yeah, but I it's know, that I kind of season. Right. Like I don't feel strongly about any of them. I think it's like I'm, I'm just listing things I like from both of them, but yeah. neither of them kind of like fully land that like that moment. I'm, I just don't think. I think most of them just don't fully come together as a as a like yeah great idea you had for this episode kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, a I mean, series of like cute little moments, and then the episode doesn't coalesce. I, 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 there are again there are elements in all of this that I really like. I like I really like Gina's storyline in a quick one while he's away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the the panic attack scene for Hollyhock. Um, yes, is like really really effective and actually just kind of like playing good advice to kind of like yeah. help someone who is having a panic attack is like yeah. get them center them like put them in the room make them think about things that are actually around them and not whatever it is. 
we'll precursor this before the episode next week where we will talk about these two a lot. What do you think of Maximilian Banks and Paige Sinclair? I love them. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for this kind of fast-talking old-timey, see? Kind of, kind of thing. And, like, I love Patrick, uh, Patrick Brewster. I love Max Greenfield. And just absolute madcap nonsense. Where, and, like, it, it's strange because they almost become, like, villains of the show, but, like, the show was about a bad guy who did a bad thing, so it's like, they're on the side of truth, but, like, they're threatening to bring the happy ending tumbling down as they piece together what happened. Um, and, 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 yeah, like, that it is as simple as, like, Sarah Lynn's mum has been calling the paper every day and they won't take her calls, and then Maximilian gets the lead, and, like... The whole gimmick here with, with Paige is, like, she's retiring because she's getting married. <laughs> and then she keeps putting the wedding off because the, the mystery is too juicy. She's like, I'm sorry, my darling, you'll just have to wait one more day. It's um, like, 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 he's literally outside the car, and then, like, she's literally leaving. <laughs> and then she overhears Maximilian describing the plot of this thing. And then yeah. she, like, rushes across and goes, like, this sounds like a story for me. I'm going to call my husband. And goes, like, I know, darling, you are so set on us getting married. But we're just going to have to delay just a, just a tiny bit. You understand, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're like so of another show, but like, yeah, I mean, to inject a bit of fun late on when it's, it is lagging a little bit. It's, um, it's also fun because they have such good, I assume they didn't like did their lines together in, in booths like Max Greenfield and Paget Brewster, but like, mm. they actually have like a palpable like sexual tension. At they do, as well. <laughs> but that was the style of the times. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like a, like he's a delicious little bitch almost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's always um, always pouring a drink. Like yeah. every single scene he's in, he is like finding a way to like pour himself yeah. alcohol. You want to get uh, somebody to talk at an AA meeting? Well, one of those A's is for anonymous. The other A, I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> they're they're insane, but I feel like it's letting the writers flex certain muscles and it's injecting a bit of energy when things. Yeah, it, this that that feels like the element of the stuff we were saying previously, where like in previous season and like. Oh yeah! Imagine how much plotting went into the 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 pasta strainers and all the rest of it. Like how much thought you had to put into that season, yeah. and then you get to this where it's just like someone in the writers' room must have watched like His Girl Friday or like those old yeah. comedies and whatnot, and was just like, "Why don't we do this?" Like, and it also what? is like Todd famously would always solve things in a really unconventional way, where like he would pick up, he'd be oblivious to the obvious. And then the tiniest thing would set him on a series of non sequiturs until he came upon the truth. And it's not quite that insane, but like they are coming about solving this through un- like little clues and like, hey, let's just go to to rehab and see if we can get somebody to confess. Like, oh, I saw Sarah Lynn, and like, oh, who she who was she with? And that's gonna take them to New Mexico. We'll see how their investigation unfolds. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good show, but it's like a B plus season, like kind of. Like like all of the things are coming are coming together to kind of like end the show and make make it an all timer, but this chunk of eight episodes is is it feels like it's by obligation. Like it it it's like setting some stuff up that's going to be important in part two. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess but from memory, I don't think there's there's obviously a couple of mem- very memorable individual episodes, but I don't remember loving. It as a like episode to episode show either, but we'll yeah. see when we talk about it next yeah. week. I mean, it it kind of is the the perfect number of episodes. Like it's the minimum number of episodes that a BoJack Horseman season would need. It's like here's a Todd episode, 
Here's a Diane episode. Here's a Mr. Peter Butter episode. Here's a Princess Carolyn episode. Two Bojack episodes. One episode where it kind of ties it all together, and then like a miscellaneous episode. But that's the thing. Like you're you're saying that, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, and like we can say like, oh yeah, they do a big episode where everyone's hiding, and there's revelations, or like we're gonna do a whole episode where like it it's the peripheral characters, and we're gonna do a whole episode in rehab, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that. The actual feeling of watching it is not the same as like it. It sounds like all the elements are there, but they're just not. And it's yeah, it's a shame. But like as I say, like they they have set up a nice through line of of what's happening with Bojack and what's happening with Diane. Everybody else is kind of spinning their wheels. Um, Like they almost they don't have a full season of story in them, and they're kind of siloed off from everyone else to a degree. So it's just kind of we're waiting now for Princess Carolyn to realize she's always been in love with Judah, and we're waiting to see if Todd is going to finally have a girlfriend. And Lord knows what will happen to Mister Peanut Butter. But yeah, it kind of feels like in this eleventh hour they have returned back to the drama comes from Bojack and Diane. And hey, if that's how it is, that's how it is. But it has come at the expense of like an enjoyable twelve-episode cartoon comedy show. Right, before we get out of here, there are several much shorter tongue twisters, but there were a couple that caught my eye. Benjamin, do you have your phone on you? Uh, I do. Okay, I would like you to say this. Close to the oysters, say ta-ta to the ta-ta. Make sure there's no feta for greta or brie for brie. Well done. Um, there are a series of those. I didn't bother writing them all down. Yeah, that was that was, that was a good one. Like when they were like they're coming up with the the, the Fuji's and the and the PG's yeah. and the, yeah. uh, I also liked. Wait, you tell me your dumb drone down a tower and drowned downtown. Julie Brown's dummy drumming dum 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 dousing her newly found goose down hand me down gown. You gave yourself a hard one this week. I did. I did. I thought you know what a lot of the show is set up to make you look like a fool. Uh, we're trying to remember <laughs> what happens in the episodes and like you know you're the brain of this operation so i'll be the dumb guy this it's week. fine i edit it and make myself look amazing so it's all good and <laughs> who I'm knows not... what you've made me say i don't listen to them back anymore i don't have the time <laughs> but yeah i'm just uh, happy to have an episode under 90 minutes to edit so that was all good oh we can vamp for 10 minutes if you want no right let's get out <laughs> no, of here no. we have we have to land this plane as we come back next time for our seventh episode uh season six part two we'll find out what happened no i'll tell you what i'll tell you what we have what? not once addressed his hatred of Honeydew Melon. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't know who in that writer's room hates it, but they're fucking insane. Honeydew, Honeydew is Melon incredible. Honeydew Melon fucking sucks. No, no it what? Sucks. It's the best. You're telling me you would rather that like orange tasteless melon over a nice green bit of melon? Okay, right. I, I mean, obviously, I, watermelon is better than both. But yeah, like... I agree. Honeydew, <laughs> honeydew has its time and place, but I do feel like it it is over overrepresented in like any kind of like fruit salad or anything like that. <sighs> so I'm just like, it's there's... just like a really nice, like uh, sweet taste. Like, oh, the, I mean, it can be, it can sometimes be too hard and 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 like it, it's bad. But like when you get a nice, a real nice sweet bit of, uh, of honeydew melon. This is how we're going to get those extra 13 minutes out of this discussion. I'm sorry, everyone. Well, we'll be back. More melon talk next time. Until then, I've been Matt, defender of Honeydew. Ben has been a staunch opponent of Honeydew. I thank him for his time, and until next time, suck a dick, dumb shits!
Thank you.